Section 14 of The Book of Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mike Botez. The Book of Wales by Frank Evers Bedard. Chapter 7, Part 2. Balenoptera Davidsoni of Scammon, the sharp headed finner whale, is a small species of which only one example, measuring 27 feet, was examined. It was full grown, as is evinced by the fact that from it was withdrawn a fetus of 5 feet 6 inches in length. It had very pointed pectorals, with a white band above and near the bases. The baleen is pure white, 270, laminae on each side of the mouth, the longest lamina measuring 10 inches. The color of the animal was dull black above, white below, and the underside of both pectoral and caudal fins was also white. The throat had 70 longitudinal folds. The blubber of this whale averaged 3 inches in thickness, and the yield of oil was about 300 gallons. This whale goes about singly, and when it spouts it makes a quick, faint spout, like that of a calf, which accounts for its having been considered to be the young of some other species. The sulphur bottom whale, Balenoptera sibaldius sufureus, cope, is a huge creature of which an example has been measured and found to be 95 feet in length with a girth of 39. In this individual, the baleen was 4 feet in length and the yield of oil 110 barrels. The animal weighed 147 tons. It derives its name from the yellowish color of the underparts. The back is lighter in color than is usual and is sometimes very light brown, approaching to white. This whale occurs in the Atlantic as well as in the Pacific. As other whales are wont to do, the sulphur bottom will often follow ships. Dr. Stillman relates how a whale of this species followed the ship in which he was a passenger for no less than 24 consecutive days. In spite of volley after volley of rifle shots and missiles of all kinds, the whale adhered to the ship which caused some anxiety, as it was feared that he might unship the rudder or do other damage. The only harm that happened was that the whale rose to blow almost into the cabin windows. Balenoptera australis, the sulphur bottom of Antarctic whalers, is, according to von Haast, nothing more than B. musculus. A specimen which he describes 
was thrown up about five miles from Christchurch, New Zealand, and 67 feet in length. As the creature was much injured by sharks, the external characters could not be given with even an approach to precision. But the skeleton seemed to show clearly that there were no recognizable differences from Balenoptera musculus. But then, as already said, two quite different species might conceivably have a quite similar skeleton showing their specific difference only in color and other outward features. The genus Megaptera is distinguished by the following assemblage of characters. Dorsal fin not very prominent. Throat plates very numerous. Scapula with no marked acromion or coracoid process. Pectoral fin very elongate. Megaptera is not widely removed in its structural characters from Balenoptera. Externally, it is to be distinguished by its more ungainly form, its very long pectoral limbs, which are fringed along the anterior margin, and by the low dorsal fin. The tail is also fringed with numerous serrations but they are unconnected with deeper-lying parts. In the case of the flipper, the rounded processes of the margin are the outward expression of the bulging of the interphalangeal cartilages. The skeleton of Megaptera has been described by many. The most elaborate account of it, with which I am acquainted, is contained in a paper by Sir John Struthers. Generally speaking, the differences from Balenoptera are neither numerous nor important. The seven cervical vertebrae are not united. There are 14 dorsals, 10 lumbar, and 21 caudals. The sternum of Megaptera is not widely different from that of Balenoptera. It has a somewhat cruciform shape. The first rib, and that only, is attached to it by a single continuous ligamentous connection. There are not two distinct attachments as in Balenoptera musculus as described by Struthers and Delage. The scapula is peculiar in the practical absence of both acromion and coracoid process. It is moreover higher and not so long as in Balenoptera, having more the shape so far of a sternum of balena. The differing proportions of greatest length and height of the sterna of Megaptera and Balenoptera can be appreciated from the following measurements. Megaptera, length 42 inches, height 30 inches. Balenoptera musculus, length 39 inches, height 22.5 inches. The pelvic bone is provided with a small femur, a feature in which the present genus resembles certain species of Balenoptera. There is, however, 
apparently no trace of tibia such as occurs in the Greenland whale. The head is often studded with tubercles and so is the margin of the flipper. The throat has the longitudinal grooves so characteristic of the family Balenopteridae. These, however, vary in number considerably, and species seem to have been partly characterized by their numbers. Some of the numbers given by Scammon and the sex and total length of the whales in question are as follows. Number one, male, length 49 feet 7 inches, gular folds 26. Number two, female, length 48 feet, gular folds 21. Number three, female, length 48 feet, gular folds 18. Number four, female, length 52 feet, gular folds, question mark. They are never so numerous, it will be noted, as in Balenoptera. Scammon has found that this whale varies more than others in the production of oil, a circumstance which would seem to be dependent on the condition of the animal at the time of capture. It also depends upon sex and the period of breeding for the female when accompanied by a cub to whom she is giving suck, has less blubber than at other times. The baleen on the whale, as in the case of rorquals, is no longer than two to three feet. The only species of the genus that can be safely allowed at present is Megaptera longimana, Rudolphi of which the following must then be regarded as merely synonyms. Balena bobs, Fabricius. B. Pescop, Demoulin. B. Lalandi, Fischer. Balenoptera capensis, Smith. Balenoptera leucopteron, Lesson. Megaptera nove zelandiae, Gray, Megaptera barmeisteri, Gray, Megaptera americana, Gray, Balena antarctica, Temenc, M. cuzira, Gray, M. versabilis, Cope, M. osphia, Cope. Notwithstanding the immense variety of names given. In the above synonyms, Sir W. Flower and most others think that there is but a single humpbacked whale of universal range. As to a goodly number of the late Dr. Gray's species, Captain Scammons observes, We have frequently recognized upon the California coast every species here described and even in the same school or gram. Moreover, we have experienced the greatest difficulty in finding any two of these strange animals externally alike, or possessing any marked, generic, or specific differences. If there are differences of color, 
Scammon goes on to remark, the number of species must be quite indefinite, as every combination and permutation of black, white, and grey are to be found in their colour. It is pointed out, however, by M. M. van Beneden and Gervais, in their Osteographie de Cetacee, that the southern form of Megaptera, which has been termed M. lalandii, differs from the northern by certain features in the scapula. In the former animal there is a distinct though small projection from the margin of the blade bone in front which occupies the place of an acromion and what is more remarkable an acromion like that of platanista that is arising from the edge of the scapula of this process there is no trace in the northern megaptera but on the other hand the faint process not so well marked and lying lower down on the bone occupying in fact rather the position of a rudimentary coracoid process the name humpbacked applied to this cetacean is due to the low dorsal fin in the relative size of which however there seems from the various figures published to be some differences it is however to be distinguished from the rorquals proper by its ungainly form and the great length of the pectoral fins, 13 feet or so. Its color is usually black, pure white on the under surface of the tail and flipper. In disposition, observes Mr. Lidiker, it is neither very timorous nor very fierce and is consequently easy to capture. It seems thus to have an intuitive knowledge of the poorness of its oil and the shortness of its bone. Acting upon this it will swim fearlessly round boats, and when these whales are in herds, as is sometimes the case, some caution has to be exercised to avoid collision with them. The humpback is much addicted, remarks Captain Scammon, to breaching, bolting, and finning, which vices mean, it should be explained, leaping out of the water, shooting out diagonally, and striking the water with its flukes. During the breeding season, Megaptera is remarkable for its amorous antics. At such times, their caresses are of the most amusing and novel character, and these performances have doubtless given rise to the fabulous tales of the swordfish and thrasher attacking whales. When lying side by side of each other, the Megapteras frequently administer alternate blows with their long fins, which love pats may on a still day be heard at a distance of miles they may also be seen to roll about in the water and beat themselves with their long flippers but this seems 
to be due to an anxiety to rid themselves of the parasites which infest them. These whales, like others, are also to be noted for their affection towards their young. The fact that they will leap clean out of the water appears to distinguish the whales of this genus from any other whalebone whales. Galdberg states that this whale carries its young for 10 to 12 months. Only one, rarely two, are produced at a time. There is some relation between size and time of gestation. For Balenoptera sibaldi, a larger species, carries its young over a year. Other Balenopteras have the same period of gestation as Megaptera. The foal, as in whales generally, is born one-third to one-quarter of the length of the mother. Dr. Gray thinks that Balenoptera jubartis of Lacipede equal Balena bops of Linnaeus is the same whale as the common Rorqual, Balenoptera musculus. It seems, however, to be likely from the figure, bad enough, it is true, that Lacipede gives of it especially on account of the warts upon the face that the animal is really the humpback. It is related by Lacipede that the animal was in his time let alone by the Icelanders. Probably the real reason is that which protects it at the present time, i.e. the inferiority of its valuable productions. But the author, whom we quote, observes that the whale was held to be the friend of man, like the Amazonian dolphin referred to on page 271. It is related that when the frail barks of the natives are surrounded by the ferocious and carnivorous cetacea of the north, which threatens danger, the Megaptera will endeavor to rescue its friends from the danger which environs them and will accompany them until they arrive close to shore and have escaped the sperm whales, of whose real ferocity lascivity is fully convinced. The genus Rachianectus may be thus defined. Dorsal fin, none. Throat plates, reduced to two. Scapula, high. This genus was described some years since by Cope. I am able to write the following brief notice of the principal characters of the skeleton after examining a complete skeleton in the British Museum. The skull of the whale is, on the whole, Rorqual-like. It is, however, narrower anteriorly than in Rorquals, and this is accounted for on a lateral view by the fact that the pre-maxillaries are, as it were, pinched up in the middle line by the maxillaries and are quite visible from the side. In this feature, the skull of Rachianectus resembles that of right whale. In Balenoptera, 
Those bones are hardly visible on a lateral view of the skull. In other respects, the skull of Rachianectus differs but slightly from that of Balenoptera. In the vertebral column, the atlas was missing. The remaining vertebrae are quite independent of each other, as in the Rorquals, and they have the wide lateral foramina formed by the transverse processes, which is so conspicuous a feature of those vertebrae in Balenoptera and Megaptera. I counted 14 dorsal vertebrae, 14 lumbar, and 21 caudals. The ribs are also 14, and the first two are incompletely soldered together, not so completely as in the Hunterius temenici, figured by Gray in his catalogue. The mode of fusion was different on the two sides of the body, but as this feature is probably a mere variation and not distinctive of species or of genus, it is not worthwhile to give a detailed description of the arrangement. The sternum is like that of a rorqual. It is cross-shaped, but the arms of the cross are very short, and the posterior termination is almost a fine point. The pelvis consisted of but a single bone, but a rudimentary femur may have disappeared. The one species is Rachianectus glaucus, cope, question mark, equals Agaphelus. As is the case with so many whales, this species varies somewhat in color. It varies from a mottled gray to black. The length of a full-grown example is from 40 to 44 feet, but individuals somewhat larger than this have been met with. Such individuals would yield some 20 barrels of oil, but as many as 70 barrels have been obtained from a larger specimen. The baleen reaches a length of 14 to 16 inches and is light in color, sometimes nearly white. The gray whale is limited so far as is known to the Pacific coast of North America. In the summer it is found in the Arctic regions. In the winter it descends to warmer latitudes, but does not migrate below 20 degrees north. It is essentially a coast species, frequenting shoal waters, and has been observed to lie and play among the breakers in water no more than 13 feet deep. During the season of gestation, they will even lie in water of 2 feet, waiting aground until the rising tide floated them off. Alien also stated that the whales bask on the shore in the rays of the sun. The pursuit of this whale is distinctly dangerous, for the animal will, if her young be injured, pursue the boat and overturn it or stave it in with a stroke of the flukes. Apart from such danger, owing to the deliberate attacks of the whale, 
the whalers undergo much risk on account of the fact that the whales are pursued in shallow water, which naturally gets turbid through the struggles and rapid movements of the whale, and thus renders it difficult to see the exact position of the creature and to escape from its rushes or strokes of its ponderous tail. The pursuit of this whale only dates from the year 1846, and from that year to 1874 or 1875, Scammon thinks that about 10,800 must have been destroyed. Extinct Balanides There are three important facts with regard to the extinct representatives of the whalebone whales. Firstly, none are known from an earlier period than the Miocene. Secondly, the earliest forms appear to be Balenopterids. And lastly, the more ancient whales are not longer than existing forms. On the contrary, this is a group which has increased considerably in size. One of the best known forms, as it is represented by a nearly complete skeleton, is the Miocene and Pliocene Plesiocetus. P. Cuvieri was a smallish whale, not more than 21 feet long and distinctly belongs to the Balenopterid type. The chief interest attaching to this whale is the length of the frontal, so very abbreviated in other recent whales, and the share which the parietals take in the formation of the roof of the skull. In the living whalebone whales, these bones are covered in by the supraoccipital. Like the modern Balenoptera, this genus comprises both large and small species. Cope states that Plesiocetus brialmonti was some 60 feet in length. Mesoteras of Cope was thought by him to be somewhat intermediate between Balenoptera and Balena. It was the characters of the thinner whales, Balenoptera, with the narrow maxillary bones of the true Balena. It is a large species with a skull of 18 feet long, evidently so far a Balena. There is an enormous thickening of the superciliary part of the frontal bone. The existing genera are also known as fossils. End of section 14. Recording by Mike Botez.